Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, Valentine's Day, February 14th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. As always, I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and today we have a five-game slate to back up a pretty busy Monday night. We had quite a few guys from the trade deadline start to make their debuts, start to see a little bit more of the understanding of what some of these rotations are really going to look like now that we are in to that post-deadline time. Teams have made their moves, teams have gotten themselves loaded for either tank city or gotten themselves retooled and rejigged to be able to make that final stretch run leading into the playoffs hopefully you're securing them the kind of seed that they would want to get that favorable matchup to get that favorable setup and as always we are here to break down the dfs side of things a five game slate for those who have not yet subscribed onto the Sports Ethos DFS Pass, get yourself on that now. Still more than enough time with the season really getting into what could be a pretty wild, wild time as you start to see rotations kind of bounce around, start to understand you know, where the injuries are going to be leading into and who is really going to be kind of coming out on top as far as value picks are concerned, especially as silly season starts to get closer and closer to it. We know that once February passes, which is probably in my mind the last legit season or legit month of the regular season, really March, April starts to get all crazy out there. So really take advantage of when you can actually project things out and get yourself with that DFS pass access to Ask the Pros on our Discord channel on sportsethos.com. Get access to our DFS deliveries, our live injury report, as well as tons of other amazing content written up and curated by DFS Pros to really get you that edge that you will need but let's get right into it for this one first and foremost we have the orlando magic going into our toronto raptors at a 7 30 eastern start time here now orlando is coming on a back-to-back here a very very solid solid win for them up against the chicago bulls on this one and the good thing is We do have a spread for this one, not a total as of yet, just given the fact that Orlando is coming on the back-to-back, but Toronto favored to win by 6.5 for this one here. And as far as plays are concerned, from the Orlando side, it's really just one that I've consistently found myself liking. His price tag is just in a spot that just gives you the kind of upside that Markel Fultz showed even today in that Chicago game where he dropped 47.5 DK points on a near triple-double night for him. Now, that's not necessarily what I'm expecting on a daily basis, game in, game out for him, but he has clearly secured himself and gotten himself that point guard slot, and not just that he's gotten that, but he continues to be that much more aggressive with his shot, getting double-digit shot attempts on the regular for the vast majority of the last two weeks over here, which has gotten him quite a bit more upside as far as his DK points are concerned and also just helps secure a lot of that floor. So I'm sure we're going to start to see his price adjust, get more into the 6,000s here, but at 5,600, it is an awesome, awesome value to be able to go ahead and throw him. And he's definitely one of my favorite point guard plays on the night. 
especially given by and large that outside of Paulo Banquero, there hasn't really been all that much that I've been interested in on a regular basis with Orlando. Their usage is just never secure, like Wagner, for instance. Uh, Franz Wagner, that is, had himself a very solid night as far as the points were concerned, but just didn't shoot enough. He's 7 of 8 from the field, but only got 8 field goal attempts, which capped the fact that he couldn't get far beyond his value on uh, that last game. And really at 5,800, it continues to be the same problem for him. Bankero at 7,200 isn't a bad play. I just feel like there's going to be other options that we talk about in that 7,000 range that are going to have just a little bit more upside given the opportunities that are going to be present to them there. On the Toronto side, really it's two guys that I'm looking at here. First and foremost, as far as injuries are concerned, we know that OG continues to be out. Gary Trent is questionable for this game, as well as Precious Achua. Now, the Precious Achua side is really where I have you know, one I really, really strongly put on that because I expect that Jakob Pertl is going to continue to get more opportunities. He got his first start in that Detroit game where, honestly, he should have done it from the first game, that Utah one that he uh, debuted in for the Raptors or re-debuted. But he got up to 25 minutes in that previous Detroit game, and I expect that he's going to get start to get closer to 30 very regularly given the fact that he is filling such an important need for what the Raptors were missing as far as the front court was concerned, that size, that ability to be mobile and be able to uh, be switchable out there. So I expect that at 5,400, he's going to be a very solid value here. If Precious is out, that just ups his uh, his upside and his minutes total just that much more so definitely something to keep in mind and then Chris Boucher likely becomes in play as well at 4300 if Precious Chua does in fact sit out giving him that opportunity to get anywhere between 20 and 25 minutes which we've seen he has the ability to rack up points and blocks in a hurry to be able to get his numbers there so uh, not necessarily the most safe floor of an option, but we've seen the upside that he can present anytime that goes there. And if we're looking up at the top side of it, there's one matchup that Siakam just continues to exploit regularly on just game in, game out against the Orlando Magic. He has been absolutely awesome. In the three games already this season that he's placed against the Magic, he's averaging 53.3 DK points in that one, shooting over 48% from the field. And we know Siakam is just that much more dangerous at home, especially from the three-point line. We're hoping that he can uh, you know, get himself back on track a little bit there. So for him, at 9,700, it's definitely a bit on the pricey side. But again, Siakam has shown that he has the capability to be able to take over and just consistently be in that kind of 50-ish range as he has been for the last uh, two weeks, really. So not necessarily the most exciting of price tags, but I do think he has a floor that's quite secure. And given the fact that uh, he's going to be in a matchup that he consistently enjoys, he could very well get past that 50 again and end up with a monster night over here. But moving right on to the second game, which is Boston going in to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Now, this is a game where we don't have a spread or a total, just given the fact that there's so much red and so much question coming into this matchup over here. Uh, as far as the Boston Celtics are concerned, apart from those we already know are out, which is Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, we have not one, not two, not three, but four major major pieces of the rotation as far as Boston's concerned all sitting questionable and in fact Jason Tatum has been downgraded to doubtful for this one so unlikely that he finds himself on the floor 
On the other hand, Robert Williams is listed as questionable, Malcolm Brogdon's questionable, and so is Grant Williams. And all of those just leave that opportunity for Derek White to continue doing what he has been for the last couple of games now. Just been on an absolute monster trail tear his price tag has been rising as a result 7100 is still not enough to scare me away from taking another shot at Derek White until he totally lets me down as we know he's coming off of two absolutely beast games 64 and 43 DK points on there and despite one being against Charlotte the other one against Memphis was super super impressive from him and just in general he's one of those guys that hasn't really been you know, one where matchups really hold him off, it's more whether his usage and whether his minutes are going to consistently be there. And the reality is he's going to be playing close to 40 minutes for this Boston team on their shortened rotation and the fact that they really need every guard to be out there to be able to do what they got to do to try and keep this game somewhat close. On the cheap side, though, I expect that Sam Hauser is going to get a lot of opportunity to be able to continue uh, putting up numbers and putting up minutes. Doesn't necessarily have the highest upside, but it's the amount of field goal attempts from three that he is really putting out there that's turning some heads. Six of 11 in that last game against Memphis out there. So, you know, even if he's not necessarily getting a lot of ancillary stats, there's just a lot of points opportunity for him to be able to get there. And his price tag isn't that high that you you can't potentially see that. He's likely going to be playing anywhere between 30 to 35 minutes on this game as well. So I do like his opportunity over there and probably a little bit more than Grant Williams, who I don't necessarily trust from a night to night basis. He does have more of a well-rounded stat line. He can usually get you a good bit of rebounds and assists to kind of deal with the fact that he's not necessarily going to be a high volume shooter. But I just like uh, Sam Hauser between the two and I'd likely take that. And I'm also keeping an eye out on what Malcolm Brogdon's status is looking like. He is probable for the game, 5700 pretty good price tag going up against his old team. Going to be needing to play a lot of guard minutes here if Tatum is out for sure. So just a lot of opportunity here for both Derek White and Malcolm Brogner to take advantage. And we're going to kind of see that. There's a lot of these kind of mid-tier guards, already spoke about faults, and now we've got these two that are going to be super good value over here, giving you that much more room for your front court to be where you expend your money here tonight. Moving on to the Milwaukee side, funny enough, it is going to be another guard that I'm really focused in on over here, which is Drew Holiday, 7,600. I love that price tag there for him in general. These are the kind of matchups that he just absolutely loves to thrive in because his defense takes front and center in these kind of games and he gets himself into it, especially the fact that this Milwaukee-Boston matchup, despite who is there or who isn't, does have implications as far as seeding is concerned. You know for sure that Milwaukee's going to be trying to get to that first seed over there, Boston, a game and a half ahead of them at the moment. So regardless of what's what, Milwaukee wants to be able to break into that gap there. So Drew at 7,600, especially given the fact that Giannis, who is probable, likely is going to play, but played 30 minutes in that Clippers game there, is dealing with some knee discomfort pretty consistently for the last little bit now. So I have a feeling they'd rather not have him pushed to the absolute max, especially given the fact that they probably don't need to, given that Boston is missing a lot of their kind of main starting talent. So Drew's in there, and I'm looking at Chris Middleton, who is starting to get himself back into gear. Uh, His minutes total still continues to be in that kind of mid-20s there, and he did rest that second half of their previous back-to-back. But that means he's gotten about 
four days of rest now coming into this uh, Valentine's Day matchup here. So I do like his opportunity to be able to continue to get himself kind of back in the groove. His price tag is eventually going to adjust as he gets his minutes back into normal. But I think there is some pretty decent upside for him to be able to drop in the mid uh, into the low to mid 30s as far as DK points are concerned. 5400 very good price tag for that. Moving right on to the evening late night games now. First and foremost, we have Sacramento going into Phoenix here with a 234 game total for this one, the one we do have for the night so far, and Phoenix favored to win by three. So definitely a closer one expected over here. As far as injuries are concerned, really the only thing that uh, Sacramento has is Malik Monk, who's going to be reevaluated after the All-Star break, dealing with some ankle problems on his side. Really the only piece that's sitting out. While on the Phoenix side, of course, Kevin Durant continues to be out, will be out until past the All-Star break there. But the rest of their kind of main pieces, their starting lineup is in play right now, other than the fact that uh, Cameron Payne, who comes off the bench as one of their main guys, is going to be also reevaluated after the All-Star break there as well. Now this, apart from everything else, uh, as far as the trade side was concerned over here, we do know that TJ Warren is going to be making his debut for the uh, Phoenix Suns on here, sitting at 3,800. And I actually think this might be a half interesting uh, opportunity for him here to really just make his mark on a team that he started his NBA career with and then obviously moved on to uh, to other squads there. But really, 3,800, he was starting to show his uh, capabilities on the Brooklyn side there. And I have a feeling that Phoenix is going to like to kind of get him out there and see uh, how it is that he can go ahead and deal with a matchup that actually should be a pretty fun one. Uh, 234 obviously showing that there is a lot of pace over there and him with his small forward power forward eligibility does give you a bit of versatility in terms of what your lineup can potentially look like and where you end up slotting him in. Um, in that same token, I also like the fact that uh, Tory Craig is also sitting at about 4,900 there. All these guys are going to see that little bit of a boost now that Mikhail Bridges is out, leaving a lot of wing minutes available for people to be able to go ahead and take and get themselves actually set up there. And of course, the starting lineup is going to do their thing, but that miss of Mikhail Bridges, who was an absolute Iron Man for the Phoenix Suns, consistently would play close to 40 minutes a night, never missed a game in his entire career with Phoenix, which is still crazy to me, but just gives the opportunity for both Torrey Craig and TJ Warren to be able to go ahead and do their thing for their price tags, because the other kind of big guys on the Phoenix side, uh, Booker sitting at 9,400, Eight and eight, eighty-one hundred. Chris Paul is seventy-seven hundred. Neither of them are really jumping out to me for their price tags that I'd really be looking at uh, to spend up here. Uh, we're going to be talking about you know, a couple of potential uh, front court options as we keep going here. But Aiton is one that is probably a little bit lower on that list there for me, uh, just given the fact that this isn't necessarily the greatest uh, matchup for. Kind of the big men there, it's often a guard-dominated game. Sacramento is a very fast-paced team by and large, other than the fact that obviously Sabonis is kind of the outlet leading him to everything, but it's hard to look at him as a traditional big. He's just almost like a baby Jokic, as we've seen this entire season. And uh, his price tag at 9600 would actually be something that I am interested in potentially taking on here. As we spoke about, all these guards and these wings that we've been looking at have been pretty good value. Lots of upside over here uh, to be able to take at some of their cheaper price tags. So that kind of power forward center area, there's a lot of options over here that I do like. Spoke about Siakam earlier for 9700 A Sabonis here for $100 cheaper as a center. 
probably one I prefer over the over Siakam as well, but both of them are in a great position to be able to go ahead and do quite well. Sabonis, uh, for his um, for his sake, did have a great game the first time he faced Phoenix earlier this year, where he dropped a little under 50 DK points, 80% from the field, and even if it wasn't a high scoring night for him he was able to just get so much as far as ancillary stats are concerned which we of course see night in and night out and i expect that uh, he's going to be able to continue that here i like him in his 9600 price tag more so than a De'Aaron fox who even though is coming off kind of three 50 plus games over here hasn't necessarily done the greatest in that phoenix matchup over there um, obviously chris paul is a deterrent he's an annoyance even if he is older and just in general there's a lot of uh, kind of guard depth that uh, that phoenix is able to go ahead and throw and really try to push De'Aaron fox off his game moving on to the second last game of the night it is the golden state warriors going in to la to take on the la clippers Golden State coming on a back-to-back over here. Just had a solid win tonight as well, despite the fact that they didn't get uh, you know a great performance out of their um, out of their Draymond Green, who I expect to actually do pretty well over here. But uh, we saw that uh, and Andrew Wiggins went ahead and had a big night, and we had Clay Thompson continue to do his thing when they went ahead and pulled their victory out. So they're coming on a second half of a back-to-back here. We don't have a total as of yet, but the Clippers are actually favored to win by 8.5 over here. So definitely favoring the Clippers on that uh, back-to-back for the Warriors. We'll see how they end up dealing with that. As far as injuries are concerned, really nothing outside of what we already know as far as Steph Curry is concerned. Uh, for the LA Clippers, it's all systems go. And... We have to see how things actually work out for them in here because as far as the matchups are concerned, really the only guy that I am looking at from the Warriors side is that Draymond Green pick. Now, obviously on a back-to-back, not necessarily the uh, most exciting thing as far as uh, Draymond's concerned, but he has done consistently well on the second half of a back-to-back if you look at earlier this season and kind of throughout. And it and I've spoken about this earlier as well. I just like taking Draymond in matchups that are up against marquee teams because that's where Draymond actually decides to kind of pick it up, get that much more engaged, get those assists, get those rebound. Everything else just kind of clicks into it. And I think at 7,000, he just has the upside to be able to get you kind of that high 30s, even going into kind of close to 40 DK points if he can have even a decent night as we expect him to do. Really, we know his scoring is not going to be a thing, but his stocks are going to be there, his assists are going to be there, and his rebounds are going to be there. And just as he did earlier in the week up against the Lakers, where in 34 minutes was able to drop a near triple-double and get into that low 40s as far as DK points are concerned, I feel his upside is pretty similar in this kind of a matchup as well. He just likes those opportunities to be able to go up against some of those guys that he obviously considers a rival to him, a Kawhi, a Paul George. You know, some of those top tier wings, on the other hand, that he is able to go ahead and defend and show that he is still one of the premier defenders in the league and just everything else kind of works with it. Someone is going to need to score, though, and while I don't necessarily love taking Wiggins on a night-to-night basis, it's clear that uh, he's going to be kind of the premier offensive option on this team alongside Clay. Uh, that being said, he's obviously a good bit cheaper than Clay Thompson, who's sitting all the way up to 8400 now, and I don't necessarily like that for a guy who's very much kind of dependent on his shot going to be able to go ahead and hit his value. I think Wiggins at 6700 is just a safer pick and has a pretty similar upside as well, just because you know he's going to be getting high teens as far as his field goal attempts are concerned, and then it's just really about 
whether the game can stay uh, at least somewhat close so that the ancillary stats and everything else kind of works into play for them as well. On the Clipper side here, I do have a bit of interest here in a number of you know, some of the uh, value options that are here. First of all, as a result of the trade deadline, we know Reggie Jackson is gone as far as the Clippers are concerned, which helps kind of open up a little bit on the guard space because it's Bones Highland who has come in from Denver now to uh, kind of take over that spot. And we're going to have to see what that actually means as far as uh, what's going to happen is in the Terrence Mann situation. Is he going to continue to be that starting point guard? How many minutes is Bones Highland going to end up getting on his debut? I actually expect that they're really going to need that uh, offensive spark that he offers. And I'm willing to go ahead and take that kind of risk to be able to potentially get him there. Are we going to be talking about one more uh, kind of that 3,000-ish uh, mark here that has uh, guard eligibility that I'm potentially looking at in the uh, in the next game as well. It's coming from the Portland side, but Bones Highland at 4,000 has obviously shown in Denver anytime he gets the opportunity to get the green light and just kind of shoot it off, he will get himself into a pretty decent spot to be able to get that value. And at 4,000, I think that's pretty fair for you to be able to go ahead and throw that there because even if he can get you know, 25 minutes of green light shooting on there, he has the upside to be able to get you 30 DK points, which is exactly what you want for that price tag. And the same kind of situation goes for Norman Powell as well, who is sitting at 5,900. I expect that uh, he's going to continue to get uh, 30 minutes on the regular. He's going to continue to get anywhere between uh, 13 to 15 shots on the night. And he's just shown that he just is one of the most efficient scorers that we have uh, coming off the bench in the league today and just continues to be supremely important for an LA Clippers team to go ahead and be able to make ends meet as far as their offense is concerned so I do like both those guys more so than uh, the 9,000 price tags of a Kawhi or a Paul George because again I expect that this game just given the fact that Warriors are coming on a back-to-back um, are missing, obviously, their key offensive producer on Steph Curry's name. It's going to be something that the Clippers are going to be looking at as more of a kind of experiment, see what Mason Plumlee is going to do fitting into the team now, how Bones Highland is going to fit, how the rest of the pieces are going to work out there, which makes it a little bit tougher for me to recommend someone sitting in the 9,000s on that team. But that brings us to our final game of the night, which is Washington going in to Portland to take on the Blazers there. Portland favored to win by three and a half on this game here. As far as injuries are concerned, Washington coming on a back-to-back over here. Played really well on their, on their previous game and it was up against that Warriors. Was going all the way to the end and ended up being a high-scoring loss for them. But Bradley Beal went ahead and passed 15,000 points. So congratulations to him there. The only injuries that we know is that uh, Kyle Kuzma, who was ruled out for that Monday game, we're going to see if he has uh, the opportunity to go ahead and suit up for this game as far as Washington's concerned. They'll be hoping that they can get him to go ahead and do that. While on the Portland side is where there is quite a bit of interest for me as far as their value plays are concerned. So we saw them also coming on a back-to-back here, just went ahead and beat the LA Lakers tonight. 
Apart from the fact that Dame did his thing and got 40, what was exciting to me is what we saw with the rest of the rotation here. Matisse Tybel went ahead and made his debut, played 26 minutes as a starter for the Portland Trailblazers and dropped 30 plus DK points. And he's sitting all the way at bargain basement 3000 here. And I expect that he's going to be a pretty popular pick for good reason uh, coming into this game as well. And I'm going to recommend the exact same thing. Shooting guard, small forward eligibility. We know Matisse, anytime he can get consistent minutes, will always get you those steals and blocks. So it's really just the rest of it to kind of uh, work out there. And clearly, he has offered that key defensive presence for what Portland's going to need over there. And it seems that it is almost like a three-way split between him, uh, Nasir Little, and Shaden Sharp to be able to go ahead and get anywhere between 25 to 28 minutes between all of them. And they're all sitting in a price tag area that I really like. So Nasir Little, 3,600. Shaden Sharp, 3,700. And as mentioned, Matisse Thibault, 3,000. All those value picks are absolutely in play there. Um, I would say they're, they're cash viable. They're definitely GPP viable as well, just given the fact that they all have you know, a pretty solid price tag to be able to drop anywhere between 25 to 28 DK points between them there. So really just depends where you want to spend up tonight. We spoke about we spoke about Siakam. We spoke about Sabonis, uh, all these guys at 7,000 between Drew, Derek White. You're going to have that opportunity to be able to get them all and then get these absolute locks as far as value is concerned for their current price tags until it starts to adjust. So definitely want to take advantage of that. Uh, Damian Lillard for 11100 is probably just a bit uh, pricey for my liking, even though he has played three great games. Definitely has the ability to be able to hit uh, that mark there, and Washington is always a fast-paced matchup, so it may very well be the way that you want to go as far as your guards are concerned and go with a Damian Lillard. I just personally am finding myself liking the kind of mid-tier guards that we've spoken about up until now as kind of the areas that I want to focus on and then spend a little bit more on the Sabonis and the Siakams of the world uh, to be able to kind of get that because there's just so much value that we that we have otherwise that we can go ahead and take advantage of and build up the rest of the lineup to kind of fit in with the uh, the overall salary. So that's going to be it as far as the matches themselves are concerned. Five games there, lots of ways to be able to go ahead and take advantage of the value. Let's jump right into the Thrive Fantasy side of things, which is the player props area. See what is looking juicy on that side. And really, the first one that popped out to me kind of goes back to that same narrative of where I don't expect Giannis to necessarily have to go absolutely all out in that Boston game given how beleaguered and and uh, lacking the Boston side is at the moment given their injuries. Giannis 32 and a half points his under at 105 points on Thrive Fantasy is definitely one of those ones that I'm really finding myself liking and on the other hand Siakam who we just spoke about has absolutely killed the Orlando matchup here. 35 and a half total points and rebounds. To get over on that is 110 points. Both of those are ones that I really like and I think are going to be solid pillars for you to build your Thrive Fantasy lineup around. But that brings us to the end of the podcast. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil. Send me some of those DMs. Continue to engage with me. Loving it out there. I know we had... Uh, a week off uh, on my end here was dealing with a little bit of flu. I'm sure you can still hear a little bit now. But regardless, love getting the uh, the feedback, the 
engagement that I get on there. So just continue to uh, hit me up on that. But until then, that's going to be it. Let's go out and kill these GPPs and I will catch you on the next one.